0: Do you like country music? Head down to Morris, Manitoba, July 25th, 26th, and 27th for the Howl at the Moon Festival. This year's festival features a number of high-profile acts, including Lone Star, Emerson Drive, and Dean Brody, as well as a host of local Manitoba artists, such as Greg Arcade, Franny Klein, Aaron Starr, Chris Michael, and many, many more. The festival started as an event to bring a huge opportunity to local Manitoba artists by having everyone sharing a huge bill and it's only grown since its inception. There will be shuttle buses from various locations if you can't drive, there's camping, day passes are available, weekend long festival passes are available, and a lot more. You can find tickets and more information at HowlAtTheMoonFest.com and be sure to follow the festival on Facebook or Instagram. In the age of Spotify, local record stores are getting harder and harder to find. But you should check out Old Gold Vintage Vinyl Pop-Up Record Shop, which is located in the heart of Osborne Village at Urban Waves on 187 Osborne Street. Old Gold is providing Winnipeg with a vast selection of quality used vinyl, collectible and essential titles from rock, psychedelic, progressive, classic, hard and heavy metal, blues, folk, reggae, world grooves, soul, funk and R&B, jazz and special interest. You can follow the new shop on Instagram at Old Gold Vintage Vinyl 204 for new arrival updates and much more. A few months ago, I went back to my old stomping ground at Wolseley to check out the Winnipeg Songwriters Festival. There were a few artists on the bill like Scott Nolan that I was already a fan of, but there were also a number of performers that I'd never heard before, including the band Sleeve, And I sort of showed up to the festival right at the beginning of their performance, and they did a cover of a song by one of my favourite bands, the Mars Volta, and they played it in a very unorthodox style. The original song is very electric, Very effect heavy, and they played a very stripped down version with banjo as the lead instrument. And it was really cool. I was absolutely not expecting anything like that coming out of what I saw on stage with a few guys with acoustic instruments. So from that point on, I've kind of been interested in what they're doing. Um, I haven't had a further chance to see them live, but I've been following them on social media and sort of keeping track of what's going on as a band that I would like to see again. And I would like to hear recordings from if they had any available. So things worked out that Heartsleeve and I managed to uh, set up a time to record a podcast together. And because they don't have anything formally recorded yet, we decided to do all four of the songs in this episode live. So these are live recordings from a porch in literally the middle of nowhere. Uh, I thought I was out of the city by the time I got there. It was way, way out. And, you know, it was a little bit terrifying. I was pretty sure that uh, when I missed a few turns, I was going to end up in some kind of weird redneck murder zone. But I didn't. I got there. Very nice porch, very nice setup. And they performed four songs for me that I recorded for the podcast that you'll hear in a few minutes. And they're great. Uh, I I sincerely hope that this band goes on to bigger and better things. As far as new bands just coming into the Winnipeg music scene, uh, this is one of my favorites so far. Uh, On the show, I tend to interview bands that have been around for a while. Uh, Sometimes I have guests on, and it's the third or fourth appearance on the show over the years. And while I love that, I also like finding new bands that are just getting started. And a lot of the time, those are the bands that have the most interesting things to say. So I hope you enjoy this interview with HeartSleeve, as well as the live performances. At this point, aside from going to one of their live shows, or maybe scouring YouTube and finding a few things here and there, this is really the only place you can actually hear HeartSleeve songs. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, I hope you enjoy the live performances, and I hope you check out HeartSleeve next time that you have a chance to see them live. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Park Theater, Winnipeg's premier concert and event venue. If you want to find out all the great shows they have coming up, go to myparktheater.com. You're listening to Garbage Hill, Winnipeg's
1: first podcast network. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Witch Please Radio. I'm in the middle of nowhere, uh probably gonna be killed after this. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was uh, you know as people probably know when i'm doing the show I, I travel around from place to place whether it's you know in someone's apartment or jam space or back of the truck or you know patio or wherever <laughs> but usually i stay sort of within the city I'm, am i still in the city right now does this count technically county, yes. yeah yeah Tactically. okay yeah. it was uh, yeah it was very uh, concerning when i started seeing less <laughs> and less buildings and civilization but yeah. this is a nice little porch we got here that we're uh,
2: yeah.
0: sort of hanging out in <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. i'm here with most of heartsleaf and i think that because there's so many of you here the best way to yeah. sort of get things started is just go around the little table and everyone identify their name and what they do in the band and then listeners can put a name to the voice. So sure. we'll just start mm-hmm. here I guess.
2: I am Matt, Matt Shapu, I am bass and that's my primary thing. I sing backups also and uh, have uh, I do one lead in one of the songs and yeah, that's cool. my part in Heart's Sleeve. Cool.
1: I'm Riley St. I play the drums.
3: That's all I do. I don't do anything. Else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Gareth I'm McNichol Briggs, and I play banjo and am the lead singer. Okay. Mike Herb, I play mandolin and steel guitar. And who are you missing? Greg Fair. Yeah, we're missing Greg, Jazzy, Jazz Dad Greg. Jazz Dad? Jazz Dad. Is that his mm-hmm. official band nickname? Well, or? Old Greg is his old <laughs> It's actually Old Greg is his yeah. real name, but no, he knows all the jazzy stuff, and I just oh, kind okay. of okay. show up with the banjo and hack through right. whatever yeah. he presents. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But, uh, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that just like to kind of frame it, uh, the, when I first heard of you guys was at the um, Wolseley Songwriter Festival thing, mm-hmm. and I knew a couple people on the list of, of artists who were playing. I hadn't heard you before. I'd heard good things um, from actually from the other guy who sometimes does the show with me. He is aware cool. of you and I'm not sure where he heard you first but he, he likes it. Uh, um, um, mystery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, no, you gotta check these guys out. So I, I was down there with my kids who are just basically running around like maniacs all over the yards and I was trying desperately to listen <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. taking the show but then you guys started playing that Mars Volta cover mm-hmm. and that totally just, that, that got me hooked right there nice. I, I love that band and I love that song mm-hmm. and I'd never really heard it in that style. So that, kind of got mm-hmm. me interested. I liked the songs you played before that, but that was sort of like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is, you know, this is cool. So mm-hmm. I guess, like, where does this band come from? How long have you been a unit? Because I, I, that's my only experience with you is that one show, so.
3: Yeah, well, we're fairly new to the scene. Um, and about that Mars Volta cover song... That was one that I knew. I tried to, I initially had this hope that I would cover an entire Mars Volta album, okay. like verbatim or like to it. And then I was oh, like, like banjos and stuff. well, no, like oh, with electric like guitars. Trail, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, that's kind of ridiculous. That's a lot of work. Would be a lot and of then work I too. just took my favorite song, The Widow. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, let's turn it into a waltz and see if I can figure it out by ear on banjo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of been mm. a huge part of approach in this band for me is like taking all these things that I... I really enjoy and like and seeing what I can do with my ear to transfer okay. it to to that instrument. Okay. But um, no, I met, uh, I met Matt last year uh, through my friend Chris Garner at Winnipeg Folk Fest. Okay. And um, it was one of those moments where my friend Chris is very, um, I don't know, she's very kind of intuitive and like powerful and channely in a way that she came up and she looked at me and directly in the eyes and said, you need to jam with Matt. Okay. okay. And I was kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. <laughs> And then the first experience I actually had jamming with Matt was um, in the circus tent at Folk Fest. And there was a huge, like, drum thing happening. The tent was full of, like, 70 people. It was just packed. And me and Matt just had a guitar and a bass. And we were faced the opposite way of everyone else, just jamming along to the drums not even able to hear what we were actually right, playing right. like because well, there's so
0: much drumming right yeah, yeah with yeah.
3: all the notes so it was just like it but we were just rocking so hard and having so fun it was like even though we had no idea what melody we were playing right, we were right, having right, a right, good right, time and right. uh, and there was other experiences mm-hmm. that um yeah kind of brought us together from there
2: yeah it was it was a very uh it was a very strong musical connection that we kind of just established immediately and we just had this really open jam was the first thing because we're just like well let's just jam and because he's like well I got my banjo and I'm like I have my acoustic bass here so let's just do it so we just went and right away and just had this really good like jam that sounded like we've been playing together for a long time and a couple guys just joined in and it was like yeah it was a very very cool cohesive jam immediately and then we're like okay something's here you know it's like so
1: this was at
3: Folkfest, I'm yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, this was, was at Folkfest in f- the first campground. Oh, yeah. yeah our it, first and it was my first year changed. camping, and it was your first Mine year too. camping Mine too, yeah, as my well. first year camping okay. in the okay. campground. Okay. yeah. So it
2: was yeah. a couple of firsts, and it was, yeah. And that's then we basically just hooked up immediately after and started playing, and we played a couple of different
1: yeah, you brought him back here.
2: Yeah, there was a couple of... I was a little nervous. He's like,
3: well, oh, I got some guys I jam We're with. Like, and who I- is this idiot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was kind of like, I was kind of apprehensive. He was like, oh, I got these guys I jam with casually on the side, blah, blah. You want to come? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I was kind of like a rabbit in the woods. And I was like, well, I want to jam with you, but I don't know about these other guys yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And it turns out that um, Riley, Riley is Matt's neighbor. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I live like two doors down. So we're, also in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and then Mike and Greg are actually from a previous band that, okay. m- that Matt was in for a long time. So they had actually been uh, mm-hmm. working together.
0: Right. I don't know. What, what was you, the
2: band? Yeah, the Peacemakers. You you did an interview. Yeah, with, yeah,
0: with, with Gary and Andrea. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah,
2: yeah, we were we were in oh, that right band.
0: On, right on. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, is that I, band? Back now again or something or? Because um, I, I don't Gary and he seems to post stuff like with we, him and Adriana playing. So yeah, yeah, they yeah.
2: they are they're still going. We we kind of the band kind of disbanded and we kind of went our separate ways. I guess it's already been almost two years yeah. now. Yeah, but I think they played so good. They, they did, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still yeah. playing. Yeah, they're still playing stuff with other people. Yeah, but, okay, okay. But yeah, we used to play. Yeah, we were the backup band. We were playing cool. with them for like five years, six years. Cool. We were with them. But now, uh, yeah, changed gears. And
3: yeah, it's a bit of a different sound, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the banjo changes yeah, that. Yeah. But at the same time, we're not afraid to, like, go reggae, yep. I guess. You know, mm. like, we have a couple reggae cool, tunes cool. and stuff that we do. with. It's kind of non non-sequitur to what you would
0: imagine. Well, maybe that's uh, another question to go is I hate asking this question because especially now with so many subgenres or subgenres or subgenres it, it sucks to ask. But I mean, looking at the instrumentation, people are going to assume you're a folk roots kind of act, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you consider it to be? I mean, you know, because that Mars Volta cover alone it doesn't sound like the type of thing you normally do with banjos <laughs> no. or with a stand-up bass. No, so, not at like, all, man.
3: How do you how do you define it? It's hard. It's we the the thing. I was mm-hmm. like, me and Matt have kind of been tossing back and forth how to describe our band in like a single yeah. sentence yeah. or a word. And the only thing we can kind of come into is like folk tunes with a twist because there's literally no. If it sounds good and feels good, we'll do it just with the right. instruments we have. Whether it's Funky, dancey, folky, rootsy, reggae, like a Tom Waits sounding devil song or like a really soft ballad. Like as long as it's all coming from an authentic and honest place, I really think that, you know, music and our voices and our expression has just many different faces. And we definitely are not trying to pigeonhole ourselves in a single genre. Like we have a polka that I learned that these guys were doing (laughs) before I showed like some weird like... How like what's how old is that polka it's like
2: It's, a ukrainian, folk it's a
3: ukrainian folk song yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's old
2: it's <laughs> old <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whether, whether you want to pigeonhole yourselves or not, do you feel like people sort of make the assumption like I did when you see the banjo that mm-hmm. oh this is this is what this is?
2: Oh, I'm sure. I yeah. mean, you you can't help they it. Do. Yeah, they probably do. But then yeah, it's, that is always uh, an issue. Like because like when they ask me what kind of music, I'm just like, well, how do you even how do you describe it? And it's like I find myself saying you know not that I compare myself to Ben Harper, but yeah, but for for the way that he's how diverse. Sure, he has the soul stuff a, and the folk array, stuff and the reggae and, array, and the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm, many different exactly. types of music yeah. that he comes out with, and you don't even know what's going to come up next. Sure, that's kind of how the feel of this band almost is. Okay, you know, but the only thing that remains the same is just the instrumentation with the banjo because it's so pronounced of an instrument. It, yeah, it yeah. will always make whatever genre kind of almost sound a bit, you know, bluegrassy or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, like that. So yeah,
0: do you have um? How has it been, sort of
3: trying to find shows locally? Are people kind of lumping you in with with other amazingly receptive? Yeah? Actually, mm-hmm. um, I'm. I lived in the states for twenty years. Oh well. Okay. And, and I just moved back like last year, and um, so I'm. I was from basically grew up in a town of nine thousand people where there was hardly any scene or hardly any right. music, and I kind of had to build it myself and do that whole thing. And I come here, and everyone seems so like genuinely amazingly supportive. Yeah. Like, We've been asked by great bands like Sweet Alibi to open for them at Times Changed, Uh, Last Chance Gang. I'm friends with Josh. He's inviting us into shows. I've had him on here as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Josh is a great guy. I really like him. For sure, yeah. So, um, no, I feel like it's been really... Just the way that we've approached it um, and the way that Matt has even helped me kind of... I can get a little... like I want things to go forward and recordings to be done and all this stuff to happen but what I've really found useful with this band is how honestly and organically it's just grown like and it's been very we're we're all very critical musicians of our performance and what we do but we also are trying not to take ourselves too seriously try to like make a mask and try to present something other than exactly what we are to people and I think the name HeartSleeve just sums that up really well like yeah a lot of songs are very personal and i'm just actually getting into writing like i'm a character or okay. um, things like that but the the reception for o- other musicians receiving us and talking with us and interest in us has so far seemed really good for what little we've done cool
0: so uh, when you say what little you said a few times it's a, it's a very new band like how many shows have you played since, since this has been together not, not a lot i guess eh 10 really <clears throat>
1: Wow. <laughs> a little less. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow. Well, you guys have like done other stuff too, like the uh With the, the street festival and uh, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, a couple things. So if you
1: include all that in there, I'm saying, yeah.
2: There's probably close to 10 shows that we have played. Wow. Not many anyway. <laughs> I, <laughs> I
1: didn't I'm even know we played that mean. many. Honestly, I'm like 4, 5.
3: No, but I guess it's because it's all different formats. Like, we end up playing Benefits or, like, we did a yes. suicide awareness thing for a friend. So, not, like, standard, not always standard bar shows yeah, or for festivals. Sure. So, it's been a, just kind of a wide smattering of different mm-hmm.
2: sorts of things. But, well, like, we the first... the social club, we played yeah. the Cavern, we played the mm-hmm. High and Lonesome, we played that. So, there's quite a few. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's close to 10, I would say. Yeah, and Maybe shout out to Joe like Curtis...
3: Yeah, Joe, Joe J- Curtis band giving us our first show. Oh, right on! He's yeah. the one. He's the one who sold me. I walked into Long McQuaid with my my banjo, and he sold me the pickup system. Right on! And then asked if I wanted to play a show with him. And I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. "Dude, do you even know if I'm any good?" I was yeah, like, yeah. "You haven't even heard me play." <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "No, you seem like a an honest enough dude. I don't think your music would be bad." <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, "That's awesome." I was like, "That's yeah. a lot of trust in me, man." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks." So yeah. We yeah. got a lot of money. Yeah I did <laughs> <You> know, <laughs>
0: yeah. But no I, I've had Joe on here And Joe is actually One of my I've been doing this For almost seven years Doing this podcast And he's the top three Favorite interview Like yeah. that guy is mm-hmm. just He has so much To say about music yeah, And his, his music's great too He's yeah, so yeah. good at it yeah. Yeah. I saw him at that Prince uh, tribute. Yeah album. yeah yeah How was that? That was not real. Yeah uh, I bet yeah He yeah. um, played that? Yeah Oh, yeah. oh really? yeah He had a Prince guitar no.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we love Joe Curtis. He's a sponsor. He takes it
0: seriously, right? Like he obviously yeah. saw something in whatever you were doing. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Just he's so we always joke at practice like whenever we finish songs like, we'd like to thank Joe Curtis for sponsoring <laughs> us like in, in practice. Yeah, even if, like I know and if this is the way that he finds out, I'm sorry Joe, <laughs> yeah. but we do reference you at practice all the time that's awesome. and appreciate you. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. So, um Does the fact that it's, I mean, you're playing banjos, you're playing a lot of acoustic instruments, does that kind of give you the ability to play smaller shows or or play as a a two-piece or solo or with a full band? Like, do you have that kind of uh, flexibility because of the type of instruments you're using?
2: Yeah, we uh, sometimes, well, a lot of the times we don't actually have a choice as to, because these guys are like, two of them are family men and they're, you know, busy a lot. I not playing events. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like, you know, they got tons of stuff going on, so um, a lot of times we have to just cut it down to a three piece of just a drums, bass and banjo. Okay, okay. Other times like what you saw it was just the three guitars yeah. with harmonies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we haven't played with just Mike, you and I yet, but yeah, it's just whatever whoever's available. Okay. Mm-hmm. We just kind of make it work and yeah, that's that's kind of how we've been doing it and
3: well, and I think we we made a really conscious effort to because it's really we have this basement practice space below where you okay, are. We okay. have a PA and all that stuff, and Riley has a whole kit there. But we really made it a point to try and also come up with a version of Heart Sleeve that could just yeah. play the corner of a cafe or something mm-hmm. with this. It's amazing this Cajon that he's using for a kick is one my dad actually built for me a couple of years. Oh, cool. Ago. Okay. Okay. And um, so we really yeah, wanted. It's very stripped down
0: drum kit right there oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
3: yeah so um yeah like what a hi-hat one symbol the snare and uh but yeah so it's like we wanted to have that flexibility where we can rock yeah and we can be like loud like because I've, I've my primary stuff was like metal before this okay okay um and then somehow you got a banjo <laughs> The, <laughs> the, the, the cra- yeah, so the crazy thing yeah that's a whole story <laughs> about the, the the fall down the banjo rabbit hole <laughs> but um, but no, we wanted to have the flexibility to be able to play a big venue and be loud, but yeah. also just shrink down and have a set that could be more quiet and intimate. Because I'm realizing that versatility is really just beneficial for a band. And the fact that we have all these kind of natural, organic instruments, then we can make that happen. We're yeah. like, okay, let's focus on that.
0: Are, are the songs kind of mutable, where you can you can you can change them enough that it'll work in all these different settings with or? enough practice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do you have to make significant changes to them, or can you sort of just Take the songs as you played with the full band and just play them straight up with with two of you or, or three. I of think you.
3: Riley's maybe the one who has to make the most changes because okay. he's the one who's stripping yeah. down his kit. No, that thing. makes yeah, sense. Yeah, maybe yeah. a little
0: bit, not too much though. It's all
2: yeah. pretty
1: much the same stuff. It's yeah. yeah,
2: it's a little bit different for me too, just because uh, I don't use. I have an upright that I will use. I've only used it a couple times for some shows. Okay, but between the upright and the electric fretless is the other bass that I use. It's. uh they're completely different, right? So it's like it does feel different and it's it does sound different also. So um, yeah, that, that took a little bit of adjusting to kind of you kind of have to almost relearn the style because you just can't play the same way yeah, yeah. when you're using an upright. So
0: Do you have a preference? Uh, or
1: does it
2: depend on the song? The easier one for me is Do the electric. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's you so much
1: harder actually. It's insane.
2: Like this, the, the upright. It's
1: different. And like this yeah. this thing? Without the amps yeah. and the loudness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Y-
3: your dynamics have to be like dead on. Yeah, like I guess, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
2: yeah. much different. Yeah. yeah,
3: I think Matt really feels like when his fretless, when he has that, like, that's really his instrument just because he can make it sing the way that he makes slides up to vibrato notes and the sustain. Sure. That's where Matt finds a lot of comfort and voice in that so whenever he switches to upright he's kind of like
1: oh, I don't know, <laughs> and we're like it's fine <laughs>
3: man because he honestly he's probably one of the most critical self-critical people i've ever met on his instruments right. and yet easygoing <laughs> at the same time well, so.
0: you mentioned earlier about kind of the emotional nature of the songs when you strip them down to this kind of setting do you feel like that comes out more or, or does it change like i mean the, the dynamic of, of what you're saying
3: with the lyrics i think it does come i i think it's um It's easy to get lost in volume.
0: Yeah. You can hide in volume, right? Yeah, Yeah,
3: like in in a a way, like you can hide in a a loud volume. And when you do strip it down, it is more intimate and it is more real. And I have been finding that moving practice out here to where we are now on the porch has been extremely beneficial for actually listening to each other and getting those nuances. Because it's almost like when you're practicing with the PA, it's almost like a performance. Sure, yeah. And so what I've realized is that there's a big difference between... (laughs) Cars by the bike. <laughs> no, I don't know if see can get picked up on the bike,
0: but it seems like it's circling the property.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's the hearse for awesome. you. Yeah. You said you weren't getting out of here alive no, at the I, beginning I of the, the interview, <laughs> and that's where your body's going. <laughs>
0: Someone call my kids, tell them. About yeah. All right, well, give me their number. Yeah. I'll let them know you had a good last interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> feel more open to, to, to be sharing emotional stuff when it's stripped down, when you can't hide behind the, the volume? It's
3: it, it That's a weird question because... Okay, maybe, maybe a better way to ask the question mm. then.
0: <laughs> if, uh, I mean, again, not knowing specifically what your songs are about, right? Yeah, yeah, But, I mean, volume can also work to deliver emotion really well because it's powerful, right? And, mm-hmm. it, and it comes out in maybe not an aggressive way, but in a loud, strong way. Mm-hmm. And if you're singing about something sad or angry or whatever, then you can put that into a loud performance. But when you're playing something that's a lot more stripped down, you can be more vulnerable, I guess. Like, do you, do you think that that comes through uh, more in that sense? or?
3: I think it actually comes through either way. Okay. Because we're a band that doesn't use distortion. Right. We don't use, like, we use pedals, but, like, Mike uses, like, Jerry Garcia wah pedals on his mandolin. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it gets yeah. real weird. But yeah. what... what <laughs> and and the fact is, is that we can actually end up and no one's really seen this live but we just end up jamming and making crazy psychedelic spaces. Okay. But I think... I over the years as a performing musician like I have a lot of comfort I have no nerves when it comes to a PA now and yeah. I have developed a sense of mic control where I can create those intimate spaces but it just depends what the venue and what the people are receptive sure. to yeah, yeah. as well yeah so I almost feel like I actually have to push a little bit harder when it's stripped down okay. just so my voice can be heard above the instruments and so I can deliver it but it's really all comes down to your focus and your mindset yeah. and yeah you know, not pushing too hard, but also not laying too far back. Like, just finding that sure. really sweet spot in connecting to your heart, to your voice, and then delivering the what it is you have to share. That makes a lot of sense, yeah.
0: I For guess. sure. So do you,
3: uh, as a group, would you prefer to play, like, the
0: full-on loud show or, or the quiet one, or does it not matter? Like, I'll play whatever. Yeah. Same, mm. same with the rest of you guys? Like you, you're I prefer the loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm the drummer. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. The loud ones are sometimes, they're, they're a bit more fun because you can... The
1: energy's there, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, because I everyone's there and yeah.
2: you can get like a little bit more dynamics out of it, like because you have that, you know, more a little bit more control. Um, rather than if it's acoustic, it's kind of just it's a bit harder to get like the dynamic volume control yeah. and stuff like that out mm-hmm. of it, out of the performance. But, but you know, it's also good for a, sort of like a house concert type atmosphere for sure. and stuff, so yeah
1: and just becoming better it's I think it's yeah
3: I agree with that like becoming more aware of what your yeah, sound exactly. is like without microphones like right can you deliver a quality performance mm-hmm. without relying on a PA sure yeah and that's yeah. something that we have challenged ourselves with and hopefully yeah. are getting okay at
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. well, and that probably makes you better when you do have the PA too right yeah, yeah, yeah you, exactly. got all
3: the, the nuances and there you don't take it for granted yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, I guess, you know, you've been around for a little while, uh, 10 shows, or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Between question. four and ten. Right, right, right. Like Some not. small number of shows. Um, what is the plan going forward? Like, are you guys planning on recording? Uh, have you recorded anything yet? What's no. This? What's sort of the process? The for that?
2: There is no, nothing recorded yet. Just, you know, YouTube stuff yeah. where where friends or my wife would record. Get surprisingly decent sounding recordings and videos from phones nowadays can, yeah. because mm-hmm. the microphones are so great on them so we just have a couple things like that basically from an old show and from a couple things and just people otherwise there's nothing no there, there's no recordings yet of our stuff
3: and um that was something i was kind of pushing right away i was like let's record something let's get it out there yeah. but something i've realized with this band that i haven't with other ones is that The more that we just keep practicing and writing, it's the tighter and more naturally everything kind of sits in. And then I've noticed these songs have matured to a degree that I wasn't aware of initially. Okay, just from repeated...
0: Yeah, yeah, from repeated use and analysis
3: and just feeling it and knowing it. So it's like I, of course, am wanting to record, but I am wanting to make sure that these songs hit the right maturation point before I record it, so... Is there a danger of going too far?
0: There <laughs> is. Oh, <Yeah>. certainly. <laughs> how do you, I guess, how do you know when a song is at that point? Who knows, man? It feels mm-hmm.
1: pretty good right now. It's probably mm-hmm. about time.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's why we're here, to pressure us into yeah. recording. <laughs> well, yeah, we got a whole new batch of songs coming out, and the other ones, mm-hmm. I feel like we actually sat down last week, and we we're like, hey, we have 13 songs that are really strong. Right. Some covers, that Volta one being one. Yeah, and then we well, have it's a cool cover, though. It's,
0: it's, yeah. Yeah.
3: It's yeah. Memorable, yeah. Uh, Definitely. But, but now, like, the second wave of songs that we're writing, it's like, it almost makes the first wave seem, it's just like, you can tell that they're even better, because right. we're actually, now instead of, like, I would usually bring a song to the table completed, and uh, another way we'd write is we would just write on the spot, but, like, I'm just noticing that the second wave of songs is even more mature and powerful, but you're right, okay. it's probably time to record the first wave. <laughs> well, the, the reason I ask that, too, is because
0: I've had a lot of bands on here where they've recorded something and then by the time it finally gets released that batch of songs they're sick of it like they feel like the band has progressed well beyond that Mm -hmm. and they they don't want to play them anymore but because the the album hasn't come out yet they have to (laughs) and I I guess that's the danger always right especially with a band that's you, know, you guys are fairly new you're constantly kind of developing and then coming up with new ideas and things mm-hmm. there's a the danger of yeah
3: these songs that you had done are getting stale yeah
0: and you've mm-hmm. moved on to something else right like is it's that it's just a
3: matter of being an adult and actually putting time and money aside yeah, to go to the studio sure. or whatever sure. right at this point sure yeah
0: but I mean with a band that can play you know very stripped down acoustically have you ever have you considered recording yourselves just because you have the ability to you know everything's very
3: funny you mentioned
1: that yeah <laughs> just need the gear right right well you could rent the gear yeah yeah, Riley It's a it's an option, we could do that or go in somewhere or yeah. Something you gotta discuss yeah. and figure out what we wanna do. Yeah.
3: We talked about this. I went to uh, audio engineering school ten years well, that, ago. Well that helps, right? And yeah. and Riley. <laughs> and and, so, also, did I, and yeah. so did okay. Riley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. right away we were kind of tossing around renting gear yeah. and renting the equipment to do it ourselves because you know, we have a decent ear, you know, we, we know how the software works. Yeah, and you know the songs is that note because you're playing them mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would hope so at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. No, thank you for the encouragement. Sam. we need to we, we need we need to get it done before we're sick of them, I guess you're right. Well,
0: and also part of the reason I ask too is because the, the way people consume music now is so it's so quick and so disposable. Yeah. And like, you know, I I, I see a lot of bands recording songs before they even play a show and they yeah. have like this thing online downloaded by it whatever mm-hmm. and it's kind of right there and and you guys are almost doing it the the old way, which I think is a better way where you're mm-hmm. developing the songs, them, yeah. maturing them, but it's almost like counterproductive in the way yeah. music is now where everything's so instant and so disposable like yeah. how do you I guess how do you compete with these bands that are recording everything
3: <laughs> and releasing it all like you know I think people will just love us for who we are or not I think that's what it comes down <laughs> right, to right, we're, right. we're not here to be a part of a rat race that we can't right. win right. we're just here to mm. be like really authentic and honest and like say hi at shows and meet you and yeah. see what songs mean to you and it's just a it's just um we, it's something we need to round out, and we do need to release stuff. But I guess we are kind of going about it old school. I never yeah. Thought I about mean, it's it. not a bad I thing. I
0: think it's it's the way probably that that for decades is how people did it. But now because there's such a premium on on getting it out first and getting the most out and getting it out, you know, right on a regular kind of basis, I think a lot of people scrap that whole maturing song just well, to... Well,
3: I think I've tried that, though, and it just seems counterintuitive to what this band is yeah, about, which yeah. is, like, organic growth and really feeling these songs and making sure they're they're received to its fullest, because I've tried putting out stuff early before in other bands, yeah. and it always has felt kind of like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. not getting what I want, but... <laughs> yeah we gotta gotta sprinkle something out there yeah, sometime okay.
0: and again I'm not trying to pressure you guys to record oh no <laughs> yeah. please do yeah. please do without, without having that without having you know your, your single or whatever on Spotify and all that shit yeah like how that acts for a lot of bands as a calling card right yeah it's yeah. like you know we want to get a show here download our latest single on whatever streaming service like how do you as a, as a new band sort of get yourselves out there without having that without saying you know hey venue owner here's a everyone's born in here is i i hinge <laughs> on yeah,
3: i i hinge on my ability to socially interact with people okay. in a kind way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, my charisma <laughs> right. and my loving Go get them lucky nature to Which, again, relate to people, <laughs> and then they are nice to me and say, "Hey, well, you could come play a show with me." Yeah. And I go, "Okay, I'd love to." But I, I mean, I know you're laughing
0: about it. That is kind of the old way people used to do it too. It's like forced personality. Yeah, you know, yeah. show up. I got a band. Let me play. I'll show you we're good. I'll, I promise. Yeah, yeah. You. that's totally seems been, to be working though. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. far
3: so good. Yeah. <laughs> super funny. I guess I never realized we were that old. Is this what happens when you pick up a banjo and all these things? It might be. be. (laughs) You just all of a sudden start doing things in an Old yeah. school way, like, <laughs> naturally? I'm not sure. Yeah. I you guys <laughs> I immediately
2: aged 20 years.
3: I had no, if like, wrinkles? <laughs> yeah. What's going
2: on? You do have a straw hat, too, so. I but I that adds,
0: like, definitely a couple years on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, well, when I started, I had a really big beard, yeah. too. It was yeah. Like it That, was that adds to it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, that adds to the look, I guess. So. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, man. So, okay, so because
0: you don't have anything, I mean, I know there's YouTube videos, right? So if someone is hearing away for the first time on here and wants to kind of find out what you guys are up to, or hear some music, what's the best option for them to do? I mean, go to a show, presumably, is the best
3: one. Yes. Go to a show. Um, We have, like, some clips on our Instagram. Okay. HeartSleeve MB. Was there another HeartSleeve already? No, I don't. I think I just... (laughs) I think I tried to make a HeartSleeve (laughs) Gmail, just with HeartSleeve, and that was taken, and I was like, crap. Okay, well, we're from Manitoba, so (laughs) MB. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just like clips on Instagram, and then there's a couple of Facebook videos, just like, you know, like Matt said, but, um, no, just come to a show, and or just talk to us, send us a message. <laughs> well, yeah, we have we have all these demos that we have self-recorded, but, um, you know, like, we're all kind of pretty stickly particular in what we want to release. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, right now we're just kind of being a rare fig that you have to see <laughs> every now and then. You yeah. can't, you know... We're worth the wait. You can't right, always right, get the access that right. you want, but if you if you make time for us, we'll make time for you. <laughs> for yeah.
0: uh, are you actively looking for more shows too? Like, are you trying to get out there as much as you can? Or are you sort of happy with the pace that the shows are going?
3: I I actively am. Um, spring was really busy for Mike because he's a farmer. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that would be so, yeah. Take up to your time. Yeah, yeah. Damn yeah, so canola. Yeah, that canola calls, man. So it's really been a matter of actually Matt kind of tempering me in my fiery, like, oh, let's do it all. And Matt's like, shh, Gareth, can, it'll all happen. So it's like, it's really, I, I really am thankful that Matt is kind of my, my bass player and my musical partner in crime because it seems like he checks my manic impulses, allows me to be calm, and yet fully embraces all these psychotic songs (laughs) I bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So it's, I've never, I've really never felt like I've had anyone that can hang with me. Right. Except maybe my old drummer, Mike Ortiz. But, uh, and then the rest of these guys are just kind of tossed in here by proxy and then just roll (laughs) with it. But, um, yeah, so... No, we're looking for more. I've been talking to Josh, uh, from Last Chance game yeah. about doing shows together. Oh, cool. And um, so there is some interest and we do wanna we do wanna play more. Like I would love to play more in the fall and the winter, like maybe even two shows a month or something okay. would, would be good. But Seems nothing, like a decent pace, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah nothing absolutely. more than that. Yeah. I don't think I'm very happy with the pace that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because it's still fun and enjoyable, and we're still accomplishing stuff, but it's not like... Yeah, we're, it's not like, you we have to make me. a
0: name for ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah, right,
3: right. You're not doing going out every night and yeah. playing shows exactly. and getting sick of
0: the songs. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, well, and that's, like, not really our thing. Like, like the bar shows are okay now yeah. and then, but, like, I mean, these guys are family guys. I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm getting old and tired of, like... I played bass in a funk jam band for three years okay. in the States, and, like... The, the up till 3am And the yeah, party stuff yeah. All the time Was just a little bit Much for me too I'd, I This is This band is really More about actually I love the writing aspect The songwriting That yeah. goes into it The authenticity of that And then The unveiling yeah. of it In the live show Kind of comes next In my heart Okay Fair enough So where are you
0: guys Playing next What's the next uh, Show or shows That you have
3: um, The next show we have Is actually at The Village Idiots Festival That they're oh, putting cool. on For is the first Houdel? time Yeah Hoodowl Yeah and we're a tweener, uh, so it's August 22nd is the day we're playing, not sure of the time. Uh, but we will be at Owl hanging out and jamming, so it's mm-hmm. going to be a blast, because I love those guys. Did you,
0: have you ever been to that festival before when it was called Chinon. On? Was uh, it a festival? It was Chinon, yeah, yeah, no, same, wha- same location. I have a, a somewhat funny story about that. I was, uh, when it was still called Shine I mean, it wasn't the village idiots doing it, it was someone else booking it, it had been around for a few years, mm-hmm. and I contacted them, and, or they, I don't know, somehow I started talking to someone involved in organizing it asking if we could do like a live podcast on site with some of the performers from the festival. And because we'd done a few at you know, venues and stuff and it sounded like a cool idea. And so the time, by the time we got there, it was first thing in the morning. We arrived, no one's there. All the artists we're supposed to interview are hungover or sleep <laughs> <laughs> the stage wasn't set up there was a bunch of bees flying around and stuff so we couldn't even go in the little stage we had oh, no. for the podcast so we ended up sitting in a field with one of these things and just <laughs> interviewing a bunch of really hungover artists
3: I, I bet they were real excited to be there talking with you it actually turned
0: out awesome though I think it actually almost worked better nice. than if it had been sort of a formal thing because yeah. they kind of just shambled over and sat down <laughs> and played like you know not always great but but, but passionately right? and like yeah, we had yeah, 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 like, and... acoustic recordings and stuff so it, it's a cool festival I mean it's obviously different now because it's you know changed name and ownership and stuff but Mm -hmm. it's a nice little like spot i mean it's nice kind of open Field in the middle of the door, so. Cool. Oh, I'm into seems it. Seems like your style for you guys. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: So we have that one, and then we're doing September 6th okay. at the Cavern Cool. with Joe Curtis Band, our right Brava, and Paige Drobot. <laughs> awesome. She's been on my show too. Oh, cool. And everyone hasn't. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> come on,
0: Sam. Who hasn't been on yet? Yeah, no, there's, there's very few. <laughs> um, cool. And then the best way to
3: find out uh, would be what the Instagram? Is that the sort of the main. Uh, Facebook is usually the best. Uh, it's, I struggle with updating social media. Like, I'm not good at it. Insta's always the second thing on my mind You okay. doing one of them but our Facebook page is usually the best okay. but we do try to stay up on it on Instagram as well. Cool. So, so people
0: can get hold of you presumably either way. Yes, presumably. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. <laughs>
0: awesome. If you want to hear more episodes of this show you can find all 400 and whatever episodes at uh, witchpolice.com you can go back through the archives I'm sure. A lot of people we've talked about today like Joe Curtis have been on you mm-hmm. find that episode is a good one um, You can also tune in On Sundays at midnight Which is the best time To possibly listen to the radio On 101.5 UMFM And those are older episodes That get a second wind A few months after We record them And yeah uh, Witch Police is on Facebook and Instagram And all that shit too So Woo! Witch yeah. Right on Well yeah, thanks a lot For uh, having me in this Murder uh, <laughs> patio <Yeah. laughs> And uh, if I survive mm-hmm. This will be released As a podcast And people will hear you guys Thanks <laughs> <for that. laughs>
3: I mean Yeah you'll survive Right on Alright thanks a lot uh, Thanks Ed <laughs>